Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrood, and with me today I have my brother Justin. Go ahead and say hi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. All right. Well, we are just about finished with week one, and depending on how adventurous you were with your lineups, you could be jumping for joy or if you thought you had a solid lineup you could be screaming and ripping your hair out like i am or crying yeah like that too vernon davis <laughs> but Pro- that's a happy moment we're not gonna mock that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um get a couple announcements real quick uh we are like you know we've talked about the fact that we uh, are doing um an a- the accuracy contest um so we will we will have that up I'll probably have those results up Wednesday since we get those results Tuesday and it'll take me a little bit to kind of create the page for that. So you guys can find out just how accurate we are compared to the rest of the uh, analysts and everything on fantasy pros or at least how, or at least how accurate we are week one. (laughs) Everyone, everyone was horrible week one. Um, And so we'll just see how horrible everyone was. Um, We will have waiver wire articles coming out Tuesday morning since most of those waivers go through Wednesday night. So we'll have waiver wire article up on Tuesday for you guys to see who we think you should pick up. Um, and as far as the daily fantasy stuff goes, I got one up this morning. Or uh, well, for those of you listening to this, probably going to be Monday. So I got those up yesterday morning, Sunday, um, a couple hours before uh, before the lock. I am going to work on getting those out on Friday or Saturday. For you guys, so you guys have a chance to read those and kind of see my thoughts. Um, I only did one for DK this week for DraftKings. I will be doing them for DraftKings and Yahoo throughout the um, throughout the season. And so, just so you know, if, I mean, you can even look and check this. The the three tight ends that I picked to have good games today did. <laughs> um, uh, I was kind of all over the map with the, my, some of my other picks, but uh, the, the values that I loved, Delaney Walker, Mark Andrews, and Vernon Davis. A um, uh, couple other my value picks. DK Metcalf was a decent pick. Uh, Chris Godwin did okay. He at least finished with a touchdown. Dalvin Cook had a great game. Chris Carson, a great game. Austin Eckler and Kyler Murray was at least serviceable. So those are my main value picks today on DraftKings, and uh, I hope those helped you out. So uh, with that i think we are ready we're gonna go ahead and hop into the headlines today's headlines all right and to start it off the miami dolphins are so bad that they're deciding that everyone's going to be vontae davis and quit um multiple dolphins players according to sources contacted their agents after Sunday's season-opening blowout loss and directed them to attempt to engineer trades elsewhere. The players believe that the coaching staff, despite claiming that they intended to try to win, aren't serious about competing. Justin, what are your thoughts on this real quick? Uh, Based on what I saw, do any of those players think they're good enough to get traded for another team? (laughs) I mean, that defense was 
horrific. I mean, yeah. we all knew the, the offense was going to have issues. Stills is gone. They lost uh, Laramie Tunsil. Uh, Laramie Tunsil from the offensive line. You knew you were in a rebuild mode. I mean, okay, so you got shelled and shellacked in week one. You weren't prepared. Chalk it up to that. The other team on the other side had a historic game. Their backup quarterback went six for six with a touchdown. Like, the, there's nothing you can do. Write it off. Get prepared for next week. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, it will happen again because you have a much better Patriots team to go up against. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was so bad that Lamar Jackson, who everyone has talked about him not, you know, needing to work on his passing, Lamar Jackson started off the game like. 13 for 13 for 200 passing yards and four TDs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So looked like he was playing for Louisville back there yes, against yeah. some no-name team. Uh, hey, you want to know what his rushing numbers were for this game? Six yards. Three attempts for six yards. Now, if you would have told me that between passing and rushing, one he'll get six, the other he'll get more than 300, I would have said he would have rushed for 300 yards and passed for six. <laughs> Based off of what happened last year, that's what it was looking for. But um, this year, completely different. Um, yeah. We saw this coming uh, in a sense that we saw that production. there was going to be much better passing. There was going to be more production. They were going to get more of the, the the passing tree involved. I don't think anyone saw five touchdowns and, and top top numbers this week in week one. No. Maybe Miami is just that bad. Yeah, that, that could be. So we'll kind of see, you know, when they, when they actually go up against a, a defense – um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah, see maybe. how it goes. All right. So, I mean, that was the main major news story. Justin, why don't you go ahead and let's do a quick rundown of the injuries, and then we will get into our Kings and Stings section. Uh, there are a number of injuries. So, uh, once again, this news is coming. Uh, this is all news based off of Sunday night. Um, and so there could be more updates, but pay attention to this. There are some players of note that will be out for extended periods of time. Uh, we'll start off with Joe Mixon. Uh, has an ankle sprain. He got tangled up in a tackle. It didn't look too bad. According to reports, there's a little bit of swelling. Uh, early reports are optimistic. Uh, something to monitor as he goes throughout the rest of the week. Um, more than likely, based off of what those reports are, he will play. Could be in a limited role, though. Uh, number two, uh, Nick Foles injury. Bro broken clavicle out indefinitely, according to team reports. Uh, this type of injury can take four to eight weeks uh, and sometimes need surgery. I'm leaning more on the eight-week period because this is also on a throwing shoulder. Yep. So there's the clavicle on a throwing shoulder. So not only does he have to not use it and it has to be in a sling for four to eight weeks before it heals, then he's got to rehab rehab his arm and then get going. He could he could be done the rest of the season. They might have just winced this um, – uh, in Jacksonville from week one. Um, but queue up Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew! Uh, which we'll talk about uh, for waiver wire pickups. He's, he's going to be a hot commodity in deeper leagues, specifically you're in a 16 or 14 team league or in a two quarterback league. Um, someone, if you're in a two quarterback league, someone lost Nick Foles. Um, and so moving on to number three, Tyreek Hill uh, was injured. He was actually hospitalized today for a, let me see if I can pronounce this. I've practiced this like four times. Sternal clavicular joint injury. That's basically the joint that joins your collarbone to your sternum. 
So that's one right about, very right painful, here. Right here. Uh, but can take two to four weeks to recover. So he's going to be out next week and the following week. So those of you who have Sammy Watkins and started him and were bold enough to do that, uh, continue with that success <laughs> talk about some options you may be able to look for um coming out of kansas city tomorrow as well uh then moving on to uh juju uh tonight after the sunday night football game limped off the field on the last play and was walking gingerly once again this is very initial report there's nothing specific yet that we've seen of a prolonged injury but something to monitor first thing uh monday morning yep. uh when when reports start to come in uh number six pat mahomes has an ankle sprain but uh yeah it sure affected says that mahomes has had them before and it has not hindered him obviously it did not hinder him today um throwing for a ton of yards and touchdowns uh number seven devin funches broken collarbone this was not the day for uh upper chest injuries um as uh i think we got another one here coming up too but uh He's expected to undergo surgery. Recovery time here is six to 16 weeks for that bone to completely heal. So on the, he's probably going to go to the pup list. He's going to be out for eight weeks, more than likely could have the opportunity to come back in after week nine. But to me, he'd be a drop um, because he has to undergo surgery. He's going to be out for an extended period of time. There's no sense in wasting his spot. If you don't have an IR, if you have an IR, I would, play it by ear yep um tevin coleman left the game with an ankle injury uh and was quickly ruled out for the rest of the game which could mean a significant injury yep there's no reports back from an mri but san francisco apparently can't keep a contract year signed running back healthy (laughs) last year jerry mckinnon out this year tevin coleman out well and jerry mckinnon is again out this year out (laughs) Um, so maybe that doesn't bode well for uh, Tevin Coleman for next year, but San Francisco looked horrible today. Um, their running back position is, is something to monitor. Mostert could be available. Breed is going to be the lead guy, but then Breida had um, fluid problems today or something like hydration issues. Well, he is- also got pulled for a potential concussion as well. Yeah. So I would avoid all San Francisco running backs at this point. Um, and, and then the last one, Baker Mayfield had x-rays on his wrist. They came back negative. It was wrapped after the game, likely just a bruise, something to monitor, um, as well as the week progresses, see how he handles that. But, uh, that kind of wraps up the, the most notable of injuries from this week. It, it seems like a very harsh week one, uh, but the week's not over. We still got two more games, which we'll cover later on in the show. No, real quick, you talked about record, you know, the the record setting uh Baltimore Ravens. Very interesting to think or or to say someone actually said this year, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Field Field Yates of 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 ESPN or something. Someone said the Chiefs are going to score 60 points in a game this year. It was almost the Ravens today with 59. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the Chiefs, well, I think the, I think the, the Ravens gonna, set a record for most points scored in the first half. The, yeah. It was 40, At least for 42. them. They haven't scored that kind of points ever. <laughs> Definitely not with the Dilford days. Are the, are the Chiefs ever going to play the, uh, the the Dolphins this year? That's something to look at. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. All I right. think so. All right. So that is it for our injuries, I believe. 
So yep, that's it for me. Here is here's our our our, our world famous Kings and Stings section. Um, world fa- whatever we want to call world it. World famous. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're it's world famous. world famous. We get hits on the podcast from all over the world every once in a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so here's what here's the 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 premise of Kings and Stings. So what we do is we take the top three, and we're changing it up a little bit this year. We take the top three fantasy performances. Um, although we won't actually we don't actually have the the fantasy scores that they had. Um, this is for standard four point per passing touchdown, I believe. And yes, um, and half point PPR is the way that we've got this set up. Um, but we won't. We don't actually have the fantasy totals put up, but we actually have what their actual stats were. So that's what we're going with. Yes. Um, and Typical so, leagues. I mean, you may have a, a, a additional weird things like we're in a, in a staff league where there's where there's buffers for forty yard touchdown passes and those kinds of things. Yeah, for forty yard um, plays. Yeah. You know, bigger bigger takeaways for pick sixes. You know, but this is just stats. This is just so we're just going on stats. So. What we will do is we will go over the Kings, so the top three performances from quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And as we do that, we are, we are adding a new wrinkle this year, and we are going to do a quick, do you believe it or buy do you or not? Sell. Buy or sell. <laughs> um, and it's, it's you can buy two and sell one. Or if you want to sell all three, I guess you could do that too. Um, so, well, stings maybe. Ooh, st- yeah, that's... We we may be doing that one on there. So all right, so we're gonna start with the Kings. Number one, King. Well, two are two runners up. Let's start with two runners up. Matthew Stafford, three hundred eighty-five yards and three touchdowns today against the Arizona Cardinals. They finish it in twenty-seven twenty-seven tie. Dak Prescott, uh, second runner up, four hundred and five passing yards, four touchdowns. They didn't. Dak need... wants that paper. <laughs> Yeah, he wants lots of little papers. He's like, Zeke didn't do squat today. I did everything. Um, Lamar Jackson is our number one. 324 yards, five TDs. He was, I mean, practically perfect. I mean, I think he had the perfect perfect, uh, passer rating for today. So those are our three. Those are our three uh, kings. Justin, who are you selling in this? Uh... To me, I'm definitely selling Matthew Stafford. Uh, 385 passing yards, but he needed overtime to do it. Uh, Arizona is hot garbage on defense. Patrick Peterson is suspended. Um, They needed to have a rookie start at corner. Uh, I don't see Stafford doing this on a regular basis. Um, I think that we saw like the two two of the three worst teams in NFL play together, and that's why it looked good. Ish, <laughs> why it was a twenty-seven um, twenty-seven tie, um, but it ended up in a tie. So, I guess they're better than Miami. <laughs> I Miami got the loss. I think I would agree with you here that that Stafford's probably probably the sell on this one. Yes, I mean I don't necessarily see Dak Prescott putting up another four hundred and four hundred yards and four TDs, but you know yeah, the two still run two seventy-five to three hundred and two to three TDs. Yeah, I I can see yeah. him doing that a bunch simply because. He's in a a, a um, division that has the New York Giants, who they played today, who he's going to be playing again, and he's got the Washington Redskins, the Washington Redskins, who gave up a crap ton of yards today. So um, yeah. Stafford again. Uh, also look at the offensive coordinator. They now have Daryl Bevel, who's a run heavy uh, run heavy um, guy. So 
this is not going to be the norm for Stafford. I can see him popping up with these games every once in a while, but it's not going to be the norm. Moving yep. on, moving on to the running backs. Uh, number one uh, runner-up, Derrick Henry, 84 rush yards, 75 receiving yards, all of them on one reception, which was like the perfect screen pass and poorly um, poorly defended by the Browns. So basically everything was poorly defended by the Browns today, yeah. by the way. Um, finishes with two, two total TDs. Uh, number two, Austin Eckler, 58 rush yards, six receptions, 96 yards, and three touchdowns. Welcome the second coming of Danny Woodhead. Um, and number one, uh, Christian McCaffrey just had himself a game against that Rams defense. 128 rush yards, 10 receptions, 81 yards, and two TDs, and also had a touchdown vultured away from him. Could have finished with three. He is on pace for 160 receptions this year. <laughs> Could happen. All right, Justin, who are you selling? Uh, I'm definitely selling Derrick Henry of the three. Um, Austin Eckler, we know, is not going to be a workhorse in terms of the running game. But as you saw today from the Chargers, they're going to do a lot of short passes to open up everything, kind of traditional West Coast offense. We're going to pass as runs, if you will. Um, Christian McCaffrey, monster, he's going to show up on this like probably eight more times this year. Um, Derrick Henry, other than that screen pass um, that I could have scored a touchdown on <laughs> with my uh, six-second 40-yard dash speed, um, no one had to touch him, and he's not involved in the passing game. So outside of that catch, 84 yards rushing, uh, on 19 carries, about four yards a rush, which is what he tends to average with a touchdown. Realistically, outside of that one play, he had an average day. So I think that's more what he's going to do, which would not, on typical weeks, land him here on the Kings' piece. Yep. Uh, just real quick, another couple of, of – uh, I agree with you. I'm completely in on the Derrick Henry thing. I don't think Eckler necessarily finishes with the type of weeks that he had today. Of course. But, I, you know – I can see him around 100 total yards, maybe closer to like 80 total yards and a touchdown, you know, popping up with a touchdown here and there. Um, yeah, just, Eckler was an RB2, I think, through like the first 13 weeks of the season last year or through the first 12 weeks of the season. And that was with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, with Melvin Gordon. And Derrick Henry didn't become an RB2 until week 16. Correct. So, all right, uh, no, real quick, a couple other honorable mentions. Marlon Mack, 25 rushes for 174 yards and a touchdown. So much, for, so much for game scripting. The guy actually can do it. So much for the thought that Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton are going to be nonsense <laughs> once luck left. Uh, and Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, uh, 21 rushes, 111 yards and two touchdowns as well. So, all right, let's move on to our wide receiver, Kings. Um, I've got four of them on here simply because there were four different guys that finished with 140 plus yards and two TDs. So I had to put them all on here. So yeah. our our uh, our runners up here, Marquise Brown, four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, number two, John Ross, seven catches, 158 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, eight catches, 154 yards and two touchdowns. And the number one wide receiver, king of the week, 
Nine receptions, 198 receiving yards, three touchdowns, Mr. Sammy Watkins. Justin, and if you told me you called that, you're lying. You're li- Yeah. You're lying out of your teeth. There was, there was <laughs> no no one was expecting this. Yes. Could he, I uh, mean, maybe maybe 100 yards and, and a touchdown simply because Jalen Ramsey was following Tyreek Hill the entire game, but you, wouldn't, yeah. you weren't expecting this. Sorry. I call BS. No. Yes. Uh, for me, uh, of the of the four here on the cell, uh, it's a real close tie between John Ross uh, and Marquise Brown. Um, I think the Ravens are going to be good if if Lamar Jackson plays to this caliber. Marquise Brown is obviously the number one receiver there. So if Lamar, ja- in terms of the deep threat, he's like the the Deshaun Jackson, the Tyree Hill type of player. So yeah, yep. Lamar Jackson just decides to chuck it up. Uh, a la Pat Mahomes style, uh, Marquise Brown's going to go and get it. Yeah. Um, so I think that that could happen again. The one that I honestly do not believe will ever show up on this list again in terms of the Kings is John Ross. Because his best game of his career before today was last year with three catches, 31 yards, and one touchdown. I understand he's been banged up the first couple of years. Um, but some of the things the Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks defense was doing today, watching this game no intimately as a fan, <laughs> um, because they they basically ran their base defense all the time. They stuck with their three linebackers. Yeah, and three linebackers. They never brought in a nickel corner. Yeah, they never brought in a nickel corner. Um, and John Ross lined up in the slot. So who do you think is going to win, Kendricks or Ross? Yeah. Uh, I mean- and you even look at his, John Ross's second touchdown, the one at the end of the end of the first half, should have been intercepted. Yes, Tedrick Thompson, the the safety, came up and played and and tried to bat it down, or should have and should have just stayed where he was, and it would have fallen right into his lap. Yeah. You know, so um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think John Ross is definitely the the sell here. Marquise Brown, I am not necessarily selling. I'm not, I don't think it's going to put up yeah. this, but I definitely think yeah. that he is, with the way, with how just unbelievably beautiful the Ravens' offense clicked today, in every aspect. Can the can the Miami Dolphins really be that bad? Yeah, I guess they could be. I saw yeah. a post today saying that the, they were worse than Full Sail University. <laughs> <laughs> and well, hang on, hang on. Uh, I'm a well. I may have Lamar Jackson as my top three quarterback next week, considering he plays the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, good grief. This is going to be At ugly. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our tight end Kings. Number one runner-up, Mark Andrews. Eight catches, 108 yards, and, an, and one TD. So this is the third uh, Baltimore Raven that has been on the list today. Uh, yeah. Second runner-up. TJ Hawkinson, what a debut. Six catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. And the number one man of the hour for the tight ends, Mr. Evan Ingram, who the um, the Giants kept saying they had a major role in mind for him. 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Justin, who are you selling? Uh, to me, this one is might be the easiest of the three just because of my preconceived notions about rookie tight ends um, and it being the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is the one I'm selling for the simple fact that 
Uh, he's a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends tend not to be fantasy relevant and, well, more likely do not tend to be fantasy relevant consistently. Consistently, yeah. So he could be a tight end one on weeks where there's a good matchup, and apparently Arizona is a great matchup on tight end. Um, and if you would ask me before, I probably would have said Mark Andrews because they run the ball a lot out of out of Baltimore. But today, with them throwing the ball, and with Mark Andrews also playing against Arizona next week, I am more I'm more buying that Mark Andrews can end up on this list, probably even next week, than TJ Hawkinson showing up on this list because the Lions have not really been historically great with the tight end position. I mean, Eric Ebron was a beast, but was never fully utilized correctly. In Detroit I think I think with Ebron it was more of a they just never had he and and Stafford never really had a, any chemistry um, I think Hawkinson could build that so I think that's a possibility um, in terms of but Andrews but hang on hang on really quickly there's also not a third wide receiver there's two and then the tight end so Ebron some are you talking about are you talking about in in uh, in Detroit right now Amendola is not <laughs> is not going to be a wide receiver that I Un- even consider. In for- unfortunately, I think he is someone that you have to consider as the slot guy. He, I think he becomes the new Golden Tate in terms of the slot receiver for... <laughs> I know, that's gross to say. For those but- of you watching on YouTube, I am air vomiting. <laughs> for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll see it on YouTube. Yeah, all right. Um, so, all right, let's move into the stings. And this is going to be, who are you buying that this is really how bad they are? All right. Okay. So we're moving into the into the stings. Starting off, uh, runners up for this QB stings of the week: Jameis Winston, 194 passing yards, one touchdown, three ints. And if you have a league like our listener league, where you get even more points docked for pick sixes, today he finished with negative three points in that league. Um, <laughs> he had two pick sixes, um, and they lost by 14 points. Hey, that's okay. I had Josh Allen, and then that same league, he was at negative five points at one point. <laughs> right. Uh, our second runner-up is Mitch Trubisky, 228 passing yards, one interception, and 11 rushing yards, which is the only thing that put him ahead of our number one sting of the week, Mr. Cam Newton, 239 pass yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Justin, uh, who are you buying? Who am I buying that will end up on this list again? Yes. Jameis Winston. <laughs> Uh, Cam Newton, rough game, banged up a little bit in preseason. They weren't going to give him the full leash, but also he was going up against the Rams defense. Yeah, we're, go- we're talking about the the NFC champs coming in and playing you week one. That's going to be tough. Well, look so at their not- look at their corners. Their corners are are a keep sleep and Marcus Peters. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky would probably be my next closest one. Obviously, Jameis Winston. I'm not sure what's going on between his ears. Uh, I know Bruce Arians is, is supposed to be an offensive guru and all these types of things, but Jameis Winston threw more touchdown passes to 49ers than Jimmy Garoppolo did. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo threw one. Jameis Winston threw two to the other team. Um, Jameis Winston has always been the, 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 the reason why Mike Evans never reaches that next level and why we always consider Mike Evans the bottom tier of that first wide receiver. Or the top of the second tier. It is not because of Evans 
ability or lack thereof. It has always been Jameis Winston's inability to be a consistent quarterback. Mike Evans is what made um, Johnny Manziel a Texas A&M. Yes. All right. And uh, if you would have asked me coming into today which quarterback would have looked better in Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston, a thousand times I would have said Jameis Winston because Mariota has been here. Eh. And now I'm completely opposite. Yep. All right. Yeah, I've I've got Jameis Winston in one of those leagues. I'm definitely going to be looking for another quarterback. So luckily, quarterbacks are streamable in single yes. QB leagues. In yes. super flex leagues, not so much. All right. Yeah. The running back stings. Um, runners up. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 19 rush yards, three receptions for 12 yards, and a lost fumble. Next runner-up, Joe Mixon, 10 rush yards, two receptions for seven yards. Now, he also did suffer an injury that knocked him out, so that's kind of an asterisk there. We usually don't include injuries there. But he just wasn't getting anything done before the injury, and the injury, I believe, happened in the second half. Um, And our number one sting of the week was from Sunday Night Football, Mr. Sonny Michelle, 14 rush yards, done. Yeah. Ouch. All right, who are you, who are you, uh, who are you buying? That this this is, is the hardest decision for me so far, um, but I'm going to have to go with Sonny Michelle for the simple fact that New England has so many running backs that um, you would have thought coming into today that – Based off of how this game went, Michelle would have much more because the game script in the second half was to run the ball. But they brought in Rex Burkett, who had eight carries for 44 yards, and Michelle had 15 carries but 14 yards. Yep. At 14 yards. I don't think I don't think Sonny Michelle average. I don't think Michelle is fully healed up from whatever the knee scope or whatever it was from last year. He ha- he he was a great workhorse in the playoffs and was a monster well that, yeah he was uh, injured beforehand but he had another if i remember it he was having some not necessarily arthritis but he was having some other knee issues after the season yeah well. i just t- to me of the three i mean sony michelle has probably the least of an excuse uh Devonte freeman i mean not that the steelers are bad defense but uh Devonte freeman went up against minnesota went against minnesota's in- defense in Minnesota. Yep. Joe Mixon played Seattle in Seattle. In Seattle. So Michelle and- had a home game. Yeah. So that's the, the, of the three, that's who I would pick. He was also the lowest option of these three in your draft. So that's kind of also the easier part of this decision. Yep. Um, great offense. And now with AB coming in, they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Sonny Michelle, that's not his forte in this offense. That's James White piece. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Now there's a wealth of options. Sonny Michelle, now a little bit murky before AB got there. Yeah, I think. Before. Yeah, for me, it's there really isn't a, a good decision here. I think I don't think that any of them are, are going to regularly be on this on the Stings list. It's a very premature decision. We'll put it that way. It's yeah, week one. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to the wide receiver Stings. Uh, uh the asterisk, um. Honorable kind of mention a cheat here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, is easy. <laughs> is Ty- Tyreek Hill two catches for sixteen yards and one rush for five yards. He's kind of the the asterisk because he got injured with the clavicle injury. Um, our our next runner up, Mike Evans, two receptions for twenty eight yards. 
and our number one co-wide receiver stings from the same team, both with one catch for seven yards. Mr. Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin of the San Francisco 49ers. Ugh, that was this gross. One's, this one's easy. It's Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, well, I'll take the pair. I, I'll sell both. <laughs> um, before the season even came in, there were rumors that Dante Pettis might not even be the starter, which means Debo Samuel coming into this game. Now, what do I think of Debo Samuel? Because they let Dante Pettis start. Well, Debo um, Samuel still finished with more than more than I know, uh, Pettis did. But on the depth chart, um, Mike Evans is – if Jameis Winston can kind of figure it out, Mike Evans is still going to get touchdowns. He's probably still going to get about eight to nine touchdowns this season, even with Jameis Winston having performances like this. Uh, Tyree Kill, as soon as he comes back from his injury, um, he won't show up on the Stings list that much anymore. Um, although, uh, well, that was back when Alex Smith was the quarterback. He, yeah. would ha- he would be on the Kings, and then he was on the Stings. And then he was on the Kings, and then he was on the Stinks. So that was an interesting six-week period of time where he either scored uh, 30 points or he scored four. Yep. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's it's the guys on the 49ers. So, all right, our tight end Stings. Honorable mention, Mr. Vance McDonald, two catches for 40 yards. Uh, next honorable mention, O.J. Howard, four catches for 32 yards and a lost fumble. And finally, Mr. Jack Doyle, our number one sting of the week. One catch for 20 yards. Who are you buying on this list? Uh, ugh. Uh, that would show up on this list again. I, the easy, I think it's between Jack Doyle and Vance McDonald. And I yeah. think I'm going to go... Jack Doyle only for this 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 part here. I think game script took Vance McDonald out of the game. Uh, they needed to involve more receivers, a little bit more speed. Vance McDonald making his first catch until like the fourth quarter. I don't see the Steelers being in those types of games on a consistent basis. Although I still get nervous about Roethlisberger's relationship with a tight end and the usage there. I understand that there was some. There's been some ups and downs. It's, and there ve- was it's some, very some inconsistent. Good, some good tight end production last year. Um, but I, I I am not as high on Vance McDonald as others have been. Jack Doyle kind of seems like the easy answer. Um, but no one really had expectations coming into this game with Jack Doyle, considering he's still coming off that injury. Yeah. Um, he's more possession guy, and they were down, so they had to throw the, the ball a little bit more. So that's... Yep. That leads more towards an Ebron thing. Yep. Doyle's a possession, like 10 yards, get the first down. He's a third down kind of tight end, if you will, if you could call it that. Um, and then O.J. Howard's going to have monster monster numbers later this year. I, I highly doubt he shows up here again unless Jameis Winston does what he did today. Yep. All right. So that is it for our Kings and Stings section. The only thing we have left tonight is we've got two – Monday night football games to preview. So I love week one. So here's one. here's here's what we're gonna do, Justin. I'm going to run through these like I have been, uh, like I did on yesterday's show, going through all of the 13 games from today. So I will start with this Texans and Saints game. Saints game. Go through my little spiel and let you comment yep. on that afterwards. Go for it. All right. So here we go. Texans versus Saints. Starting with the Texans, I've got a. Uh, 
Deshaun Watson as the number one QB. I believe I have him ranked as my top QB overall for this week. Should be a good game in what should be a shootout. Knowing that, it'll probably be an absolute clunker. Uh, Six to nine. <laughs> number, uh, in terms of the running back, Mr. Uh, Johnson, Duke Johnson, I have him as a flex play. Uh, with upside, could do more just because we don't know what he is going to be right now. He is kind of the, um, kind of the workhorse. We don't know what kind of work, uh, cl- um, Carlos Hyde's going to get. So for right now, I think he's a flex play. He could have some upside. I'm, you know, I wasn't going to put him in in my starting lineup this week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a wide receiver one, plain and simple. Will Fuller, I have as a wide receiver three with upside, could put up wide receiver one numbers in this week because of this matchup, especially with uh, Lattimore probably going to be following Hopkins. You're not going to not play Hopkins. He gets downgraded a little bit because of the matchup there. But uh, Fuller, (laughs) very, very, very little. (laughs) Very little. Um, But Fuller is is a great option this week, and because of his ability to score on the long ball, uh, definitely could put up some good points for you this week. Uh, going to the Saints, Breeze I have as a QB1 in this one simply because of the defenses, um, these high-powered offenses. This could be a very good game. It's indoors. It's in in New Orleans. Could be a great game for him. Alvin Kamara is a running back one, one of the top four. Latavius Murray I have as a running back three slash flex just because we don't know exactly how he's going to be used in this offense in conjunction with Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas is a wide receiver one. He is a top five guy, hands down. Ted Ginn, I have him kind of in that same position as Will Fuller, not necessarily wide receiver three, more of that wide receiver four flex area. Again, has the upside because he can score on the deep ball. Those are my guys for this week. Justin, your thoughts on the Texans versus Saints Monday Night Night Football game? Yeah, for me, I I have Deshaun Watson as my number two. I think the the problem is he's going to be running for his life. Uh, in preseason, they could not block anyone. Uh, I understand it's preseason. But they do have Laramie Tunsil now, though. They couldn't. I under, Okay, but he's been there for, what, four days? Um, I understand. Six. He will play. Um, he'll block better, but I don't see it being a, a light switch game one. Not right off. Um, Probably not. It won't be right off. I, I think Laramie Tunsil gets, gets, his, gets his feet wet this week, kind of like what Jadavion Clowney did. He's going to play. Um, you're not going to see a whole bunch of craziness with it. Um, Laramie Tunsil will get in the way of the guy in front of him. But in terms of like zone blocking schemes and assignments and audibles, that's where things are going to get a little bit trickier. Um, Deshaun Watson is going to be there. Duke Johnson. Look, Deshaun, in order for the Texans to win, Deshaun Watson is going to have to have a quarterback one week. And judging by what the, the rest of the guys did this week, that's a huge number. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees, I have as like quarterback number four because Houston now without Jadavian Clowney um, is going to be a They're sieve. Not gonna have that There's going to be say again. They're not going to have that same pass rush. Yeah. Or or run same, stopping. Yeah. And I have Alvin Kamara as my number one running back this week. So to me, it's going to be high powered. Hopkins is going to eat. Fuller is probably going to catch the ball four times for 200 yards and three touchdowns because <laughs> um, that's what he does. Yep. Um, Kiki T might not even play. And so he's doubtful gonna, still, I believe, for this yeah, one. Yeah, he's still doubtful. Don't play him. You shouldn't have started him unless you're in a seriously deep league. And then I'd look for something else 
maybe I would feel more comfortable playing Stills than Kiku Kati at this point. Um, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, uh, I don't see having much production this year in terms of being a tight end one, very low tight end one. Um, big points. I like the Saints in this game because it's a home game. All right, moving on. More well-rounded. Yep. All right, last game, last game of the week, the Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, I have Joe Flacco as a quarterback too. I think he can be okay as a low, uh, you know, kind of as your second starter in a two QB league. Nah, I'm super flex. I don't like him as a super flex to be completely honest. Even going up against the Raiders defense. The Raiders have shown a little bit on their defense in the preseason. They could actually be improving a little bit, so I would hold off on Flacco if you don't need to. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I have as a running back two slash flex option. We'll see what he can do um, this second season under a new regime with the you know them wanting to do a 50-50 split with Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman, I simply have as a running back four. I did not like what I saw from him last year when he was healthy. So I don't necessarily see him getting any better this year. That's just my opinion. I'm not all that high on on Royce. In terms of the wide receivers, uh, Sutton I have as a wide receiver three. I have Emmanuel Sanders as a wide receiver three who has the upside and the ability, again, depending on how fully healed up that Achilles is and whether he's actually got the movement and the jump he needs, he could put up wide receiver high-end wide receiver two numbers. Um and I'm not necessarily going anywhere near Deshaun Hamilton or Noah Fant yet. Uh, in terms of the Raiders, Carr I have as a quarterback too. I liked him a lot better when Antonio Brown was still on the team. Uh, he drops again now down to a low quarterback too. Uh, Jacobs, uh, Josh Jacobs I have as a running back two or flex option. Tyrell Williams I have as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside again because he is the number one there. And I have the tight end Waller as a tight end, a high-end tight end too. Again, we simply don't know exactly how this offense is going to look now that AB isn't even there anymore. So um, that's what I've got for this one. Justin, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I have Waller as like tight end 20. Uh, for me, coming into the – if you were to ask me coming into this game to pick one, I would have picked the Broncos. Uh, because AB is too much of a distraction. It's going to cause the whole thing for the t- whole team. Now that AB is gone, I think the Raiders, specifically in their home opener, are trying to prove that they don't need AB. Now, he hasn't really been involved in practice that much, so no. it's not like they're really losing that much. They didn't even they didn't pay the man a dime, technically. So, No, because they find him. Yeah, they find him every penny they gave him. And then released him. Yeah, so to me, this game is going to rely on Josh Jacobs. Um, John Gruden, run-heavy offense. Um, they're going to need to do some ball control. Not that I mean, this is going to be game management 101. Both sides are going to do the same thing. It's going to be a running back-heavy game. Um, to me, the winner of this game is going to be who performs better, Philip Lindsay or Josh Jacobs. Uh, Carr is a a QB three, in my opinion. Um, not that that exists, but I, I didn't even rank him in my top 24 quarterbacks this week. Um, AB's gone. Tyrell, okay, fine. But I don't think Carr throws for 200 yards in this game. Um, Jalen Richard is going to have to be involved because he's going to have to catch the ball out of the backfield. Not that Josh Jacobs can't, but as a change of pace thing, you can't run Josh Jacobs into the ground. Darren Waller could have a solid game. 
Evans is like tight end 18. So who knows? Um, to me, the key to the game is the running back. I think Philip Lindsay is the workhorse. I have him higher than, than you had him. I think I had him at, uh, at running back 16. I think you had him at like 21. Um, uh, I am less wow. I concerned I had about Royce Freeman in this game than probably most. Um, because even though Royce Freeman had a good preseason, we didn't see a lot of Philip Lindsay, and I think that's because Philip Lindsay was that far ahead, not just recouping from injury at the end of the last season, but he was that much farther ahead of Royce Freeman, so he didn't need to play. Yeah, I you know the the Raiders are still like I said, the Raiders are still a mystery to me. I have a hard time figuring them out. Uh, I think the, we'll be a good defense. Yeah, their offense is going to be bad. They're yeah. like the the opposite of the Cardinals. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that is the uh that is the show for tonight. Again, we went over the Kings and Stings and went over the the kind of reviewed what was going over for Monday Night Football. Tomorrow's show, tomorrow night's show. Um we are doing our waiver wire show to get you ready for uh the first real week of waiver wire um after now that we have yes. seen some games We'll we'll try to we'll try to have some fun with it, and you know we might we might pull out an old game from uh, last year and the year before. So we'll see. Yes. Cue the shoe. Cue the shoe. <laughs> All right. So that is it for tonight. Again, guys, we thank you for taking the time to listen to the Skulking Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'm Justin, and we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skulking Nation! Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.